to the book of Matthew chapter 24. And we're going to read verse 29 through 44. Matthew 24. I'm going to go ahead and turn there. Starting in verse 29, it says, And immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun... Did I... Hmm. Okay. We're just going to go with it. Shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven... And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, and from the end of heaven, one end of heaven to the other. Now learn a parable of the fig tree, when his branch is yet tender, and he putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. So likewise, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of the day and the hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, and shall be taken, and one shall be taken, and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, one shall be taken, and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you know not, say, I don't know, what hour your Lord doth come. Father, we ask your blessing upon this word that you have brought today, Lord Jesus, that you would minister in this place to these people, to every heart, soul, and mind, that we would receive, O God, impartation, that we would receive a word from you, Lord, a minister in this place today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you can be seated. Amen. We're going to talk about God's timeline. And that's the title that I gave it. But really, we're going to talk about God's will and God's plan and God's purpose for our life. Okay? And how many knows that God has a plan? How many knows that God has a plan? He's not making it up as He goes. He has a purpose for each one of us. In God's mind, the Bible says that we were predestined to be where we are. Every individual, I believe, from what the Bible says, has a, in God's mind, in God's plan and purpose, every one of us is predestined to be something and do something for the kingdom. The question is whether or not We actually 
find ourselves into that will of God and get in the middle of the will of God. There's a lot of people out there that aren't fulfilling the thing that God has in his mind. And and I kind of had to back up a little bit because God is infinite, and that really even doesn't really do a real good job of describing him. He's beyond infinite because what did he tell Abraham? I'm sorry, what did he tell Moses when Moses said, Who do I say sent me? He said, I am. And if you look that up, if you study that I am, it really means self-existent one. So there was never a time that God did not exist. And there's never going to be a time that he ceases to exist. He has always been. Before, before there was a universe, God existed. That's why he called himself the I am that I am, the self-existent one that self-exists. And so when I say all this stuff, God has predestined us in his mind and plan. We were created in his mind and plan and will before we ever took one breath. In God's mind, everything has already happened because he's, he's, he knows the end from the beginning. So that means that God's already gone down to the end of time time as we know it, and he's already looking back, and we're not even there yet. And he was all the way at the beginning of time looking forward and already saw us sitting here. We weren't even born yet. And he was before that, and he's going to be after that on the other end. So God has his own timeline, and he has his own plan that he didn't. he's not making it up as he goes along. It's it's already set. So the, the question that we have today to ask ourselves is, we are, are we in the middle of God's plan or somebody else's plan? Are we on our own timeline or somebody else's? Maybe our own. Maybe God's. Who knows? That's the question. That's, that's the, the problem that we have today. we got to find out where we are, and we, we need to make sure that we're on the right timeline. We need to make sure that we're in the will of God. There's a lot of people in this city right here in La Crosse, 51,000 plus, that aren't here today, that are supposed to be here in God's mind. But they're out there doing their own thing, like some of us were at one time. We were at, when we were out there doing our own thing, we weren't in the will of God. We were in our own will. We were doing our own thing, making our own plans, deciding what we wanted to do. Managing our own schedules. Deciding where we wanted to spend our money. Right? But if we really believe that we are His, then everything about us is His. Does that mean our checkbook? Yep. Does that mean the car we drive? Yep. About the house we live in? Yep. In him we live and move and have our being. So anything that we have, we have because he he made it possible. We are just stewards of his blessings. So if I'm a steward of something, I'm just taking care of it for the master. And if he says, I need your car for this, or I need your finances for this, am I supposed to buck up against that and say, well, you know, I don't know if I can afford that, God. Well, you think if he's asking you for it, he's even concerned whether you can afford it, but 
even more than that, if you're trusting that he's got everything in control in your life, you can more than afford it. Trust me. If he's telling you to give it, he's already got a plan worked out to take care of you without that. He's just waiting for you, waiting to see if you're going to be obedient and do what he said to do. Right? It's a tough place, isn't it? Being in the will of God. But we got to find out if we're in the will of God today, if we're on God's timeline. Amen? Isaiah 55, verse 6. Appreciate my booth person being there for me today. Jesus' name. Seek ye the Lord. Isaiah 55, verse 6. We're going to go through about verse 13. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. He's always near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. Wow. We can't think the way God thinks. And he's not thinking the way we're thinking. And that's my prayer, is God... Make your will to be my will. I, I, I submit my mind and my will to you. Tell me what to think. Tell me what to say. Because before I came to God, I was making a mess of my life. When I was in charge of it, can anybody say amen? I, when I was in charge of my life, <laughs> that's why I came to God. Put it that way, because I, I was really making a mess of things. I was headed down the wrong road, a bad road. And so God, in his infinite wisdom, he drew me. He drew you. He gave you the opportunity to say, you know what? Maybe there's a better way. And many of us were in a place where we thought, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm being religious. I'm not killing anybody. I'm not doing anything bad. I'm not stealing. Right? I'm not speeding. I'm being a good person. (laughs) I don't read anywhere in the Bible where a good person is going to heaven. That's not a, that's not one of the, the requirements. That's, that's not going to get you there. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so are my ways than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You, we can't attain to where his thoughts are. His, he's way up there. For as rain cometh down the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it to bring forth bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall be not returned unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please with that's which, which he pleases. Not, might not please us, but it's going to accomplish the thing that pleases him. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I, being the Lord, sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. 
this is the last verse, instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up a myrtle tree, and it shall be that the Lord, it shall be to the, the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. So we've got to get in the middle of God's plan. And so we've got, that means we've got to spend some time seeking the Lord. That's why we're doing this fasting. That's why we're having this corporate prayer. We're trying to find the will of God. Every day I want to know what is the, what is your will for me today, God? What are you going to bring across my path today? Help me to be prepared for the things that you're going to present to me today so that I'm there and I'm available when I need to have something to say to somebody because you never know. How many of us could have predicted that we weren't going to be here last Sunday or last Wednesday or or the other thing up in Thorpe? None of us. In all in all of our minds, it's spring. <laughs> Not that was my wife and I were having a rough time with not being in church. We're like, man, almost like withdrawal, like, man, thank goodness for the Internet. We found some good preaching. You know, we, we, we fed ourselves. It was rough. Anybody else feel like that? I hated missing church because it's all about finding the will of God. And sometimes it happens. A lot of times it happens right here because God will speak to this man that's that's our pastor and he'll give us wisdom. And you might be sitting there thinking, well, he's just preaching another message. But there's somebody that God is speaking to in this room or on that Internet that's listening. There's somebody that God's ministering to when you just think, well, this is just another message. God's busy getting a hold of somebody, speaking to a need and to a situation. Because what did we just read? His ways are higher above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. We can't attain to where he's at. And if we could, it would blow our minds. So we never know what God's doing. So it's important. It's imperative that we find ourselves on God's timeline. Anybody ever study history in school? I mean, when you go to history class, it's full of timelines. Even in the PI classes that we were taking, their brother Olson brought in several timelines that went from Genesis all the way through to Revelation. And it, um, there's points all along that timeline that with little lines that go up and down and say, this is when this happened and this is when this happened and this is when this happened. But all the timelines that you look at today are all based on historical data. Right? There's no timelines in the natural for Going forward, is there? Past today, nobody knows. Do you know what's going to happen tomorrow? I don't. It might snow tomorrow. I don't think it will. But you don't know. Oh. Man knows the day when the Son of Man is coming. So we got to trust God. We, if we're putting ourselves on his timeline, we got to trust that he already has a plan that's way ahead of us. He already knows Jesus in, in the New Testament. Jesus, in one point it said Jesus already knew what he was going to do. 
When he fed the 5,000, he already knew there was going to be fish and loaves there. He already knew that. How did he know? He's God. He was divinity in flesh. He knew. He knew the thoughts of the scribes and the Pharisees and of his own disciples. How many places does it say in there where he knew their thoughts? And then he responded to them out loud, and then they knew he knew their thoughts. It's like, man, how does he know that? So the only timeline ever in the world that all that goes all the way God's timeline. So the question is, timeline? Are we on our own timeline? Mark chapter 13, verse 32. Mark 13, 32. But of the day and the hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son of Son, but the Father. Keep going. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is, a, is as a man taking a, a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porters to watch. Watch ye therefore and for you know not when the master of the house cometh, at even or at midnight or even at cock crowing or in the morning. Lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. I don't want the Lord to find me sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all. Watch. Keep going. After two days was the feast of the Passover, and unleavened bread, and the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, he sat at meat, and there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment, a spikenard, very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there was some that had indignation within themselves and said, why was the waste of the ointment made? They were saying this within themselves, not out loud. For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been uh, given to the poor, and they murmured against her. They grumbled to themselves. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. So do you think that woman was on God's timeline? It was all in the plan for her to show up and do what she did at that particular moment. Because what was her purpose for being there? She was preparing him for burial. In one other place in the Bible, it says, this woman is here to prepare me for my burial. What are you guys doing? God already had a plan for her to come by. She didn't just, she wasn't just wandering by with her alabaster box and go, oh, you know what? I think I'll go in this house right here. There might be a need for me to be here. No, she was led there. It's all in the plan and the will of God. This is beyond our thinking, isn't it? We can't imagine that God has a plan beyond today because we can't see beyond today. But God has a plan. Matthew eleven twenty seven. Matthew eleven twenty seven. 
Praise God. Matthew eleven twenty seven. There we go. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Next verse. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So how does a yoke work? Anybody know? It's usually it, it's it's made out of wood, and it's it's kind of got two little raised areas in it, and they put that on the neck of two animals, usually bullocks or something like that, an ox. And the way that I the, what I've read about it is that one of the animals is a seasoned animal that knows the field, that knows how to go straight, that knows what to do. And usually the other side of the yoke is not a seasoned animal. It's one they're trying to train to do the same job. And so one of them is leading and the other one is following the lead of the head guy, the head ox, if you will. And so he can't buck up against that ox because what happens is that thing gets turned and it, it gets bound and, and it starts hurting. And so that, that lead ox is trying to teach that guy, that other dude, that other ox to just follow. Every step I take, you take one. Every step I take, you take one. So that we keep the yoke straight. And if we work together, the yoke will go forward and we'll plow the field. But if you start pulling ahead or if you start lagging behind, it's going to bind up the yoke. Right? And then what gets done? Nothing. Because that animal's being stubborn. So Jesus said, Take on upon my yoke upon you and learn of me. Get in my timeline. Get in the middle of my will. Stop trying to buck up against and do what you want and just Try to find my will and do what I want you to do. It's so much easier. My my yoke is easy. My burden is light. When you're the one in the learning position in the yoke, he's the one leading. Let him lead. Because pretty soon, they'll be able to take that ox out of the yoke and put a, a new ox in the other side, and now you're going to be the one leading. And there's going to come a time where he's going to release you. He, he's releasing us. What, what happened on the day of Pentecost? And those 3,000 ran to the, to the church. The Bible says that they went, they went about breaking bread and having fellowship together, and God gave them favor, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. They went out and began to do what the disciples did. They didn't go through eight years of PI. They just took what they knew, 
what they heard and what they'd seen, and they went with it. Amen? So we've got to get in his yoke, which to me means we've got to get in his will. What did Jesus himself say when he went up to pray before his death? He prayed that prayer was humanity praying to divinity, right? And he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. I don't want to have to go through this, but if I have to, your will be done, Father. And that's a hard thing to say sometimes. Father, your will be done. Lord, your will be done. Because we like being in control, don't we? We like to think that we're in control of our life. But I'm sorry. If we take this identity that we were talking about this morning of being apostolic, there's this scripture in the Bible that says that you're not your own. You are bought with a price, right? And if you are bought with a price, you are a slave. That's where that comes from. That scripture talking about in the day a slave was purchased and they were put to work in the master's home. You trying to tell me, Brother Demute, that I'm a slave to Jesus? Yep. What's the Bible say? If you want to be chief in the kingdom, learn to be a servant of all, a slave. We belong to Him. I gladly belong to Him. I'm glad He purchased me. He paid the price. The very least I could do is submit myself to His will. That's the hardest thing to do for us humans. It's to just submit ourselves to His will. We like to to take that scripture and flip it and go, not thy will, but mine be done. Don't we? Because we like being in control. But it's so much more wonderful, just like we read. His yoke is easy. If we'll just get up under His will, it will blow our minds. If we believe ourselves to be a part of the master plan, if we believe ourselves to be in his perfect will, then we are on his specific timeline. And God has some things in our life that he needs to have us accomplish, but we've got to be in his plan and will in order for that to happen. And it's hard to do that, isn't it? We're not supposed to be creating... uh, and following in our own personal schedules. And I know that we all have personal schedules. I'm not saying we can't have personal schedules. I have I have to go to work every day. If I told my employer, well, I can't come to work because I'm busy doing the work of God, well, unless God called me to that, i got to go to work every day. And I'm glad I got to get to do that, not because I get a paycheck, but because I have the opportunity to go out there and take my identity with me and shine it around to all the people that I work with, and it's making a difference. They don't know that, but they will. I'm making a difference. And I, how am I making a difference? By being in the will of God. 
Amen? When the Apostle Paul made plans to go to Macedonia in the Bible, he was making all these plans to go to Macedonia, and the Spirit spoke to him and said, Nope, you're not going to Macedonia. And what did Paul do? He obeyed that. And sometimes we make plans, and God changes our plans. And we get upset, and we wonder, what is God doing? Exactly what he wants to do. I want to be in the will of God today. And that's the question that I'm going to be asking over and over as we kind of sort of head toward landing this thing is, where are we on God's timeline? And I think as I was looking through my notes, I I had preached this one other time here, but I didn't even remember that. I'm just riding down the road and God just spoke this to me. And I said, okay. And as I'm studying it, it started coming to me. But I feel like God's repeating this for a reason. So we need to we need to. To listen to what God is saying. James chapter 4 verse 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Pretty simple, isn't it? Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So the, the key to that is not resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. The key is res- submit yourself, therefore, unto God. If you'll do that part, then the other part will will be no problem. Then you'll be able to resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Second Chronicles 7.14 says what? If my people, which are called by my name, he had a people that were called by his name. And they had a problem with what? Rebellion. They had a problem with not following the will of God. And he was, the, the prophet was trying to tell them, if my people, are we his people today? I claim to be one, which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, We will, what, forgive their sin and we'll heal their land. Everything is based on if we will, God will. But it's all about getting finding the will of God. And when you find the will of God, I'm telling you, you will know it. And nothing will be able to divert you from that. So is that is that limited to age today? Can we sit there and say, well, I'm I'm older, so I, I know I must be in the will of God because I'm here, so I don't have to continue to seek the will of God. No. Or if, if we're younger, well, I'm not old enough yet, so I don't have to worry about seeking the will of God till I'm 18. Nope. Not true. David was, what, 13, 14, 15 when he was out there in field tending sheep, seeking the will of God. And what it ended up having to David, became king. And his dad paraded all of his brothers before him and wasn't even going to talk about him. Wasn't even going to bring him in from the field. And, and the prophet said, none of these are the one. Do you have any other sons? Yeah, there's one out in the field, ten the sheep. Bring him. I'm not leaving till he comes. And they didn't just go holler out in the field and David came. It took a while. So he waited and waited and waited. 
But God's got a plan and a purpose and a will for our life, even our young people in this room today. So you've got to, you have got to seek the Lord for yourself as well as I do. Amen? God's got a plan for you too. John 15, let's go to John chapter 15 and verse 1, and I'm trying to bring this to a close. John chapter 15. I am the true vine. The vine is what's connected to the ground, right? That's where the roots are. That's where all the nutrients and all those things come from, right? If you're in science class, right? A plant can't live without being rooted in the ground, can it? So it's source of water. Like right now, the trees, all the sap is starting to move up in the trees. My One of my coworkers does um, maple syrup, and he was telling me all about how the sap starts moving up in the trees in the springtime, and it's a good time to catch it to make your maple syrup. So the sap's moving up in the trees. So the the root system is important to a plant to the life of a plant. So he's saying, I am the true vine, or I'm the plant, I'm the roots, I'm the source, and my father is the husbandman. Go ahead. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, it taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it. So you don't get out of being purged, you don't get out of being snipped and cut just because you're bearing fruit. Because how, why do they do that? Because that branch will bear more fruit. That it bring forth more fruit. We, in the natural, that's what they do in a, in a grape, uh, on a grapevine. They cut the, the branches every year so that new fruit, new branches, and, and brand new fruit will come. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, Take a cut a branch off a tree and lay it on the ground. How long is it going to live? It's already heading dead, right? Except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. We've got to abide in him. We've got to be on his timeline. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do. Without abiding, without being connected, to the, the vine. Without being connected to the vine, where are you getting your nu- nourishment and your nutrients? You're not. Where are you getting your the will of God? Where are you getting the thing that you need to know from God for your life? You're not. If you're abiding on your own, you're not getting that. Verse 6. If a man abide not in me, he, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Wow. Next verse. Oh, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. So we're disciples. Right? As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So we've got to abide in the vine. We've got to get in the middle of the will of God for our life today. 
So why am I rambling about all this stuff? Why am I going on and on? What's the point of this message today? What is God trying to say to us? So we, what God, what I feel like God's trying to say to us is that we were, we weren't called and separated so that we could attend church. That's not why He called us. We were called to work together to bring in the harvest from the field. Where's the field? Out there. It's His plan and purpose for every one of us to go forth. He told His disciples over and over, Go ye unto all the world. He went to the upper room after he was, after he had been crucified and there they were hiding in the upper room and he went up there and the Bible says he upbraided him with their, un- their unbelief and he, and then right after that he said, go, get out of here, go. You're not going to reach the, a lost world sitting in here. Right? That's why God sent Paul to persecute them because he was trying to get them to scatter because they were finding themselves, it was comfortable to just hang out together. And the disciples that were in that place were like, we're not here to wait tables. We've got a work to do out there. We need to find you seven men full of the Holy Ghost that can do this work so we can go do that work. So that's what he's telling us. We've got to get out there and do what he's called us to do. Jesus said to the Father, not my will but thine be done. When it came time for the cross. And what did he tell us? Take up your cross daily and follow me. And that's what it's all about. It's not a, what that, what that says to me is it's not about me. It's not about what I want. When I'm being told to take up my cross, take up your cross is what it says, right? Take up your cross. My cross is not the same as your cross, but it's the thing that he's asking me to bear to deal with the fact that I am not my own. I am bought with a price. Whatever it is, God, whatever it is you want me to do, I'll do it. We have freely received, as I've already said, now that we have to freely give what we have received. You know, you see people every day in this world that look forlorn, that look just down and trodden, and you might see them all full of tattoos and ear piercings and piercings everywhere, and and you look at them and you think, my goodness. But you know that that person is really, what they're what's really going on there is they are crying out for somebody to love them. And they're, they're just, they're feeling their, they're covering their body and doing all these things, trying to find satisfaction in all these things, and there's never going to be any. And we know that, right? Some of us have tried to fill that void in our life with other stuff too. And we never found the end of the road, did we? Why? Because we weren't in the will of God. But when we found the will of God and we found the thing that fit in that keyhole, in that void, the, the search was over. And so now we are His. We belong to Him. We sing that song, In the presence of the Lord there's fullness of joy. At His right hand are pleasures forevermore. And then it goes on in that song to say, I am His and He is mine. In the presence of the Lord there's fullness of joy. Let's all stand in this place. So my question to you is, and and the Lord's question to me is, what valid excuse will I have 
when I stand before the judgment seat of the Lord and and he asked me why I didn't obey his commission. What valid excuse will we have for not telling somebody, for not sharing the gospel? When a farmer goes out into a field, he doesn't check, he doesn't go behind and check every single seed to see if it landed in the right spot or not. He just is out there just casting the seed, right? He knows if he at least gets out there and casts the seed, what's going to happen? Some of it's going to grow. Some of it won't. But there's going to be some that's going to grow. The Bible says some 100, some 60, and some 30. I might be saying that in reverse. But there's going to be a harvest. And the harvest is generally always greater than the amount of seed you put down. Because a couple of little seeds will create one corn stalk that will create how many ears of corn? A bunch of them, right? So you get way more out of your harvest. From, but we got to be out there planting the seed. Seed won't grow in the bucket in the barn, will it? What will it do? It'll just rot. It'll go to waste. Right? So my question to you is, and the Lord's question to you is, what, what excuse do we have? Amen. There's, there's a lost world out there that needs Jesus. And such were some of you. Right? And such were some of you. But you're washed. Right? He has prepared us. He has called us. He has brought us out of this darkness that we were in into His marvelous light. And then He goes on and tells us, let your light so shine. What light's He talking about? The light that's in us. How bright is the light of Him that's in us? Let that light so shine before men that they may see your good works that you do in me, not me, Him, and that they might glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen? So just like I was saying about they want us to replace ourselves in the PI class, we need to replace ourselves in this church. Right? All you got to do is reach one. Disciple one person. All I got to do is go out there and find somebody to develop a relationship with and disciple that one person. And in the process of doing that, I'm going to basically make a, I'm going to replace myself. And then as that person grows in grace and knowledge of of our Lord Jesus Christ, as they become saved, as they go through the process that I went through when I first came in this, there's going to come a time where they're going to see the need to go reach somebody. So we have to keep replacing ourselves like cells. We have to keep replacing ourselves. Right? Praise God. Lord, we love you today. Jesus, we honor you. We thank you. We worship you. We adore you. We know that we need to be all that you would have us to be for your kingdom. It's not about our will, is it, Father? It's about your will, about what you want. It's about your kingdom. We are we are just pilgrims on this earth, Lord. We're strangers and pilgrims just passing through. We're not supposed to to try to make this heaven on earth. We are trying 
to reach into your kingdom, Father. We are trying to bring in a, a greater harvest than this city has ever seen, Lord. And it's going to take each one of us finding our place in the midst of your will, Father, that your will would be done in our life. Let's sing that song again.